Book Seven, Chapter Two A of A Family of Noblemen by Mikhail Saltikov Shedrin, translated by Avram Yarmolinsky, eighteen ninety to nineteen seventy five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Book Seven, The Settlement, Chapter Two A. Aninka had gone downhill very fast it was true that her first visit to golovliovo had aroused the consciousness of being a lady of having her own nest and her own graves of not being confined in her life to the squalor and uproar of hotels and inns and of having a shelter where she would be safe from vile breaths infected with the odour of wine and the stable from hoarse voices bloodshot eyes indecent gestures but alas no sooner did golovliovo disappear from sight than this purifying consciousness vanished from her mind aninka had gone from golovliovo straight to moscow and solicited a position on the government stage both for herself and her sister with this in view she turned for aid to maman that is the directress of the boarding-school where she had been educated and to several of her classmates maman was at first quite kind to her but as soon as she discovered that her former pupil had acted on the provincial stage her pleasant manner changed to one of haughtiness and sternness as for aninka's classmates who were mostly married women they eyed her with an impertinent astonishment that quite frightened her only one of them better natured than the rest asked her evidently wishing to show sympathy tell me darling is it true that when you actresses dress for the stage officers lace your corsets in a word her attempts to gain a foothold in moscow remained unsuccessful the truth of the matter was she did not possess the necessary qualifications for theatrical success in the capital she and her sister lubinka belonged to that class of lively but not very talented actresses who play one part all their lives aninka had made a hit in pericola lubinka in pansies and old-time colonels and whatever new roles they studied strangely resembled their successful parts or in the majority of cases were a complete failure aninka often had to play fair helen also she would wear a flaming red wig over her ash-coloured hair and cut her tunic down to her waistline but she was mediocre and dull not even cynical from fair helen she passed to the duchess of Herolstein in this her colourless acting was coupled with a completely preposterous mise-en-scene and the outcome was altogether miserable at last she undertook to play the role of clarette in the white slave but she overdid her part to such an extent that even the none too refined provincial public was shocked by her behaviour on the stage which she turned into a mire of corruption aninka gained the reputation of being a clever actress with a fairly good voice and since she was pretty she could get an audience in the provinces but that was all lacking individuality she could not attain permanent success even among the provincial public she was popular mainly with army officers whose chief ambition was to obtain access behind the scenes she could have got an engagement in the capital only if she had been forced upon some manager by a powerful patron and even then the public would have given her the unenviable nickname of a tavern singer thus the two girls had to go back to the provinces in moscow aninka received a letter from lubinka saying that their company had removed from krechetov to the city of samovarnov which made lubinka quite glad 
because there she had become friendly with a certain zemstvo leader who was so infatuated that he was almost in his own words ready to steal the zemstvo funds if that were necessary to gratify all her desires in fact on her arrival in samovarnov anninka found her sister quite luxuriously situated and planning to give up the stage lubinka's admirer the zemstvo official gavrilo stepanitch lyukin was a retired captain of the hussars recently a bellome but now somewhat corpulent his appearance and manners and views taken separately were conspicuously noble but taken together they gave one the strong impression that the man was altogether free from scruples lubinka received aninka with open arms and told her a room had been prepared for her at the lodgings aninka still under the influence of her trip to golovliovo bridled up at the suggestion the sisters exchanged tart words and soon afterwards they separated involuntarily aninka recalled the words of the volpino parson who had told her it was hard to safeguard a maiden's honour in the acting profession aninka went to live at a hotel and broke off all relations with her sister easter passed the next week the theatres opened and aninka found out that her sister's place was already filled by nalimova a girl from kazan a mediocre actress but utterly unconstrained in the movements of her body as usual aninka played pericola and enchanted the samovarnov theatre-goers on her return to the hotel she found an envelope in her room containing a hundred rouble bill and a laconic note which read should anything happen you get as much merchant kukitshov dealer in fancy goods aninka was enraged and went to complain to the hotel-keeper he told her kukishov had this peculiar habit of greeting the newly arrived actresses and otherwise was a harmless man and it did not pay to take offence aninka sealed up the letter and the money in an envelope sent it back the very next day and regained her composure but kukishov was more persistent than the hotel-keeper had reported him to be he was among lyukin's friends and was on good terms with lubinka he was quite well to do and besides as a member of the city administration was in a most convenient position with regard to the city treasury and like lyukin boldness was not his least virtue according to the taste of market people he possessed a seductive appearance reminding one of the beetle which as the song has it masha found in the fields instead of berries a beetle black and on his crown nice curly hair with whiskers smart his eyebrows coloured a dark brown the picture of my own sweetheart being the happy possessor of such looks he thought he had the right to be aggressive all the more so as lubinka explicitly promised him her cooperation. lubinka apparently had burned all her bridges and her reputation was by no means a pleasant topic in her sister's ears every night it was said a merry band caroused in her rooms from midnight till morning lubinka presiding and appearing as a gypsy half naked at this lyulkin addressing his intoxicated friends would cry out look there's a breast and with loosened hair she would sing to the accompaniment of a guitar how i did love it with my mash who had the darlingest moustache aninka listened to the stories about her sister and became greatly worried what surprised her most was that lubinka sang the ditty about the mash who had the darlingest moustache in a gypsy-like manner 
just like the celebrated matryusha of moscow anninka always gave her sister due credit and had she been told that lubinka sang couplets from old-time colonels with unsurpassed excellence she would have considered it quite natural and would have readily believed it the theatre-goers of kursk tambov and penza had not yet forgotten with what inimitable naivete lubinka sang the most atrocious ambiguities in her soft little voice but that lubinka could sing like a gypsy pardon me a lie she anninka could sing like that no doubt of it it was her genre her business and every one in course who had seen her in the play russian romances personified would willingly testify to it anninka would take the guitar sling the striped sash over her shoulder sit down on a chair cross her legs and begin it was the very manner of matryusha the gypsy however that may have been one thing was certain that lubinka was extravagant and lyulkin for fear of introducing a discordant note into the drunken bliss had already resorted to borrowing from the zemstvo treasury not to speak of the tremendous amount of champagne which was both consumed and poured out on the floor in lubinka's quarters all sorts of things had to be provided to feed her growing capriciousness and extravagance first it was dresses from madame minangois of moscow then jewellery from fould lubinka was rather thrifty and did not scorn valuables her licentiousness by no means interfered with her love of gold diamonds and especially lottery bonds at any rate it was a life not of gaiety but of boisterous debauchery and continuous intoxication there was one thorn in the rose-bush it was necessary for lubinka to curry favour with the chief of police although a friend of lyulkin's he sometimes liked to make his power felt and lubinka always guessed when he was dissatisfied with her hospitality for the next day the police warden would come to ask for her passport and she yielded in the morning she would treat the district chief of police to vodka and a light repast while in the evening she would personally prepare a swedish punch of which he was very fond kukishov watched this ocean of luxury and burned with envy he conceived a desire to lead a similar life and have just such a mistress that would put an end to the monotony of provincial life one night he would spend with lyulkin's queen the next night with his own queen that was the dream of his life the ambition of an imbecile who is the more obstinate in his strivings the greater his stupidity anninka seemed to be the most suitable person for the realization of his hopes but anninka would not surrender she was still new to the stir of passion although she had had numerous suitors and had been rather free in her relations with them at one time she even thought she was ready to fall in love with the local tragedian miloslavsky x who was consumed with passion for her but miloslavsky x was so harebrained and so persistently drunk that he never told her of his love only stared at her and stolidly hiccuped when she passed by so the love affair never ripened the other suitors anninka considered as something in the nature of indispensable furniture to which a provincial actress is doomed by the very conditions of her profession she submitted to these conditions and took advantage of their minor privileges such as applause bouquets drives picnics etc but further than this so to speak external dissipation she did not go she persisted in this manner of conduct 
during the whole summer she had kept to the path of virtue jealously guarding her honour as if anxious to show the volpino priest that moral strength can be found even among actresses once she even decided to complain about kukishev to the general who listened to her with kindly favour and commended her for her heroism but seeing that her complaint was an indirect attack on his own person as the governor of the province he added that having spent all his strength against the internal enemy he strongly doubted whether he could be of any use hearing this anninka blushed and went away meanwhile kukishev acted so artfully that he succeeded in making the public take an interest in his efforts people suddenly became convinced that kukishev was right and that pogorelskaya one as she was dubbed on the posters only looked as if butter would not melt in her mouth a whole clique was formed with the express purpose of taming the refractory upstart the campaign was started by several habitues of the theatre who gradually began to hang around her dressing-room and made their nest in the adjoining room belonging to miss nalimova then without exhibiting direct enmity the audiences began to receive pogorelskaya one when she appeared on the stage with a disheartening reserve as if she were not the star actress but some insignificant dumb performer at last the clique insisted that the manager take some parts away from aninka and give them to nalimova and what was most curious the most important part in this underhand intrigue was played by lubinka whose confidant was nalimova toward autumn aninka was surprised to find that she was compelled to play the role of orestes in fair helen and only pericula had been left to her of all her main parts that was because nalimova would not dare to vie with her in the role in addition the manager notified her that in view of her cold reception by the audiences her salary would be reduced to seventy-five roubles a month with only half the proceeds of one benefit during the year aninka lost courage because with so small a salary she would have to move from the hotel to an inn she wrote letters to two or three managers offering her services but invariably received the answer that they were actually flooded with applicants for the pericolo role and besides they had learned of her shrewish obstinacy from reliable sources and so could not foresee any hopes of her success aninka was now living on her last savings another week and she would have to move to the inn and live to koroshavina who was playing parthenus and was favoured with the attention of a constable she began to yield to despair especially since a mysterious hand put a note into her room every day containing the same words pericola submit your kukishev and at the critical moment lubinka most unexpectedly rushed in tell me please for what prince are you saving your treasure she asked curtly aninka was taken aback aninka was taken aback first of all she was amazed to find that both the volpino priest and lubinka employed the same word treasure for maidenly honour only the priest had regarded it as the foundation of life while lubinka looked upon it as a mere trifle over which the rascally males go mad then she involuntarily questioned herself what is this treasure anyhow is it really a treasure and is it really worth hoarding alas she could find no satisfactory answer to her questions on one hand it is rather shameful to remain without honour and on the other oh the devil take it and could it be that the whole purpose 
the whole merit of her existence consisted in struggling every moment of her life to maintain this treasure in only six months i have succeeded in getting thirty bonds lubinka continued and lots of things look what a dress i have on lubinka turned about pulled at the front then at the sides letting herself be examined the dress was really an expensive one and unusually well made it came straight from minangwa in moscow kukishev is a kind sort lubinka resumed he will dress you up like a doll and he will give you money you'll be able to send the theatre to the devil you have had enough of it never cried aninka heatedly she had not as yet forgotten the phrase sacred art you may remain if you wish to you will get your former salary again and outstrip nalimova aninka was silent well good-bye they are waiting for me downstairs kukishev is there too will you come but aninka maintained her silence well think it over if there is anything to think about and when you have done thinking come to see me good-bye on the seventeenth of september lubinka's birthday the posters of the somovarnov theatre announced a gala performance aninka appeared as fair helen again and the same evening the part of orestes were performed by pogorelskaya too lubinka to complete the triumph of the sisters nalimova was given the part of cleon the blacksmith she appeared on the stage dressed in tights and a short coat her face touched with soot and a sheet of iron in her hands the audience was elated hardly did aninka appear on the stage when the audience raised such a clamour that already unaccustomed to ovations she nearly broke into tears and when in the third act in the scene where she is awakened at night she stood up on the sofa almost naked the house was one groaning mass of humanity one man in the audience was so thoroughly worked up that he shouted to menelaus who was entering the stage get out damn you aninka understood that the public had pardoned her as for kukishev he was in full dress white tie and white gloves in the entr'actes he generously treated friends and strangers alike to champagne and spoke of his triumph with dignity at last the manager of the theatre brimming over with jubilation appeared in aninka's room and kneeling before her said now madam you are a good girl and you will get your previous salary with the corresponding number of benefits everybody praised her and congratulated her and protested their sympathy so that she who at first was timid restless and haunted with a feeling of oppressive melancholy grew suddenly convinced that she had fulfilled her mission after the theatre the whole company went to lubinka's birthday celebration and there the congratulations were reiterated so large a crowd gathered in lubinka's quarters that the tobacco smoke made it hard to breathe they sat down to supper and champagne began to flow freely kukishev kept close to aninka this made her somewhat shy but she was no longer oppressed by his attentions it seemed rather funny but also flattering that she had so easily gotten hold of this big powerful man who could bend and straighten out a horseshoe without effort and whom she could order about and do with as she wished the supper was crowned by that drunken disorderly gaiety in which neither the head nor the heart takes a part and which results only in headaches and nausea the tragedian miloslavsky x was the only one who looked gloomy and declined champagne preferring plain vodka which he gulped down glass after glass as to aninka she abstained from drink for some time but kukishev was insistent 
he went down on his knees and implored her anna semyonovna it is your turn i beseech you for your happiness for friendship and love do us a favour she was annoyed by his foolish figure and foolish talk yet she could not refuse and before she had time to collect her thoughts she was already dizzy lubinka for her part was so magnanimous that she herself asked her sister to sing how i did love it with my mash aninka performed it so well that everybody exclaimed ah that was just like matryusha the gypsy then lubinka sang an obscene song of a different kind and at once convinced everybody that that kind of singing was her real genre in which she had no rivals just as aninka had none in the gypsy songs in conclusion miloslavsky x and nalimova presented a masquerade scene in which the tragedian recited parts from ugolino a tragedy in five acts by polovoy and nalimova followed with a scene from an unpublished tragedy of barkov the result was so unexpected that nalimova nearly eclipsed the two sisters and almost became the heroine of the evening end of book seven chapter two a recording by expatriate in bangor maine